This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. You've been hearing me talk a lot about the University of Rhode Island's online cannabis certificate program. And with the legalization of recreational cannabis that went into effect last year, well, cannabis can open up doors for your career. Whether you're already in the industry or just wondering what is a pathway to break into the field, the University of Rhode Island has that program to help you become highly competitive in numerous areas of the cannabis industry. Fully accredited by URI's College of Pharmacy, the certificate program is 100% online and it can be completed in just two semesters. The next application deadline for the summer 2023 session is April 4th, coming right up. And courses start on May 9th. Learn more at uri.edu slash online slash cannabis or give them a call at 401-874-5280. Amanda Milkovitz, the Boston Globe, with a, wow, an amazing piece in terms of investigative journalism on Mike Mata that ran actually on the front page of the Globe over the weekend. And look, this is the type of investigative work that is lesser and lesser, especially at the local level. And it 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 made me cringe. It made me like kind of pause and think what is going on around yeah. us here in terms of our business operations, both private and public sector. And at times it, 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 you couldn't help but laugh as well. So thanks for hopping on. And, you know, we were saying offline that you've been working on this since January, 2022. Yes, yes. January 2022, which was when um, a few associates, a former associates of Michael Mata approached me and said, you really should look into what he's up to. And in the beginning, I wasn't really sure there was going to be a story uh, because it was hard to grasp the extent of what was going on. I mean, it, this is an unusual story. It is an unusual story for, um, I think, any reporter to take on because it required so much work, so much investment of my time and investment of the Boston Globe's resources as well. And, um, you know, there aren't that many reporters left and uh, we're all trying to scramble and cover the daily uh, the daily news. But the more I found out about what he had been doing and the breadth of of what was going on, I realized that this is an extremely important story for people to know about because it impacts. It's not only impacted, you know, vendors and individuals who say invested with his companies and his, his cryptocurrency, you know, Sopranos actors who went unpaid um, by a guy who loves Tony Soprano, which is you know kind of amusing and bizarre. But you know, now we're looking at um, Skyline at Water Place, which is. Um, owned by the city of Providence and the taxpayers of the city have been basically allowing this, you know, they have not been making money off the lease. Um, and now Memorial Hospital, which honestly threw me for a loop. I didn't see that one coming, right. but um, Memorial Hospital is very much still in play. Um, according to Housing Secretary Pryor, uh, when I spoke to him um, just the other day, he said all options are still open, including working with Michael Mata. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, who knows? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's unbelievable. And you know, if you haven't read the article, you should read the article. I'll start with that. It's 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 an it's an awesome piece. It's one that is it flows really well. So don't get intimidated by the length. It's like in this era of TikTok and you know short form. Dig in. You'll be you'll really find a lot there, and it does keep moving. But in sum. I guess the simplest way to describe Michael Mata is 
He's a guy who claimed he was a vice president at Alex and Ani when in fact he was working at a marketing agency that was ultimately acquired by Alex and Ani, kind of boosted to a vice president role there. That sort of began a presence in local business and the greater, not just local, the greater, uh, frankly, international business sector that allowed him to build um, a, a reputation yeah. as a bit of a fixer, as a bit of a, you know, as just a, a guy player. who, as a player. Yeah. Player. And, and he has, if people have described him to me as people who actually invested with him. I've spoken to people who have invested $75,000 with him that they're out now. $25,000. I heard of another who is out $100,000 and, you know, all the way down to people who've lost $3,000 and um, which is no small change when you're a small business owner and you're trying to make ends meet. But they said he comes across as someone who knows what he's talking about, who's, you know, who's been involved in many, many businesses. He's really fast talking. He's, I mean, he's from North Providence. So he's got the North Providence accent. And um, and he comes across as a mover and a shaker. And I love that you said the fixer because one of his idols, not just Tony Soprano, it's Giovanni Ferrosi, who is the former CEO of Alex Anani and called himself the fixer and went down in flames and is currently the second biggest tax scoff law in Rhode Island and is now in Puerto Rico. So that's really kind of where Mike Mono really got his start. I mean, what's funny about him is he's done a lot of things. He was he wanted to be a superintendent and this this didn't make it into the story, but you know, he has a master's degree in, in education. He was briefly a an elementary school teacher and a substitute teacher North Providence substitute teacher in Providence. Wanted to be a superintendent. You're not going to be a superintendent as a substitute teacher. It's just not going to happen. Um, but then he gets involved with this little marketing company that gets picked up by Alex and Ani and boom, to the moon. Here we go. Um, because a lot of money is coming into Alex and Ani at the same time. No, he was never, ever, ever vice president of Alex and Ani. He disagrees. He says he was. Um, but he came to say that Long after he left the company, he started saying that. He started giving himself credit for helping that company really grow. No, no, it's not It's not what happened. Um, and I found that out through multiple interviews of people who worked with him at the time. And, you know, including this, you know, the, the company's own founder, Carolyn Rafalian, said he was not vice president of Alex Anani. She probably would know. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, that... That cachet of of being a part of a jewelry company like that really was a launching pad for him. Yeah. And um, he's managed really to surround himself with politicians, including Mayor Alorza, Mayor Grebian. He's tried with Mayor Smiley. Um, he's dropped names all over of House Speaker Shikarchi, for example, and, and other folks is they think I've got great ideas and they think that you should find funding for me for my various projects. And um, if you don't know, you might go along with it. But, you know, other people, even those who gave him money, said he struck me as a used car salesman. Hmm. And some of these ideas sounded like Ponzi schemes, but he was convincing enough that they went along with it. And a lot of people regret it. Yeah. And he lives in a $2 million home with a heated pool, so on and so forth. And yeah, 
you know, yeah, you kind that of described he moved that. into in the middle of uh, actually towards the fall of 2021, he moved from a million dollar house um, to a $2 million house in the same neighborhood. And um, around the same time that people were saying, Hey, um, you owe me money. You're supposed to be paying me. And he was responding to them. And I have copies of his emails that no, I'm not going to pay you. You yeah. know, too bad. And one one such example you you alluded to earlier is that the skyline at Water Place Park, which is owned by the city of Providence, I think under the auspices of the Department of Recreation, that may not be yep. exactly yeah, yeah, yep. ostensibly. And basically, in a nutshell, you describe this in detail. He didn't pay rent for years because he was supposed to be renovating the place. And that didn't happen. No. So according to the city of Providence, and he maintains that they're wrong. He told me that they're lying, not him, um, that he got three abatements. And this was under uh, the Parks Commissioners agreed to do it. The chairman of the Parks Commissioners was Mayor Alorza, who received more than $18,000 in campaign donations from Mike Mata, um, his father-in-law, who was also a partner, and their wives and various partners of Skyline. That happened over time as well. Um, but they were supposed to complete various renovations because there were problems with the building. There were various water leaks and issues. And Mike Mata presented a plan and said, hey, we can do it because my father-in-law is Joe Ritchie. He's a contractor. This is the kind of work he does. Um, the last abatement was 32 months. And he says, don't worry. Trust me. We'll take care of it. And um, one of the commissioners says, well, what if you don't? What if Skyline closes? And Mike Mata said, don't worry, my my father-in-law will um he will he will um he'll be the person who you can go to. He's going to be the one who's basically on the hook for the rest of the money. So that came back to bite him because um they didn't do the renovations according to the city of Providence. There's no evidence that the work was done. Um they when the when the abatement ended in August 1st, they didn't start paying rent. So the Smiley administration um, sent him a letter at the end of February, said, hey, you said your father-in-law is going to be up for it. So we're going to go after him unless you pay $63,000 worth of rent. And by the way, you have fire code violations. By, by the way, there's a lot of other things that have been going on uh, at Skyline that we're not happy with. So this is kind of the first time that Skyline is starting to be held accountable. And so we're going to see how that plays out. Yeah, there's much more to the story, I'm sure, and I'm sure it'll they'll result in follow up pieces. You know, talk about if you would the the creation of a piece of investigative journalism like this, and you described years of yeah years of of work now. I mean, well, a year and a half of work, we'll say, yeah. um, and it's rare. And I even saw some people, frankly, somebody in the media was complaining about the paywall to access the story. <laughs> this isn't an advertisement for the globe. Yeah, Look, it'd be great yeah. if everything was free. It'd be great. Yeah. If, and, and, and all that. But even besides that, just talk about the making something like this. How do you, how do you do it? I mean, mean, like like I said, like in the beginning, I didn't know if I even had a story. I had a couple of people saying something doesn't seem right. I didn't understand the whole grasp of it. I mean, cryptocurrency, I had to talk to experts about how is crypto supposed to work and when isn't it working? When, when is something wrong here? I had to figure out what Skyline was all about. I had to figure out all the conventions and, you know, and all the agreements. And honestly, the really the hardest part of telling the story was, I have to find people who are going to go on the record 
And in the beginning, nobody wanted to because they were being threatened. And I have copies of some of the emails and text messages that he sent to people threatening them. You ever say anything about me, I'm going to sue you for slander. He even told me he'd sue me for slander. Um, You know, if I ever wrote anything and people were generally concerned about if I talk to you, what what good will it do? Because I'm already out the money. I know I'm not going to get repaid. And it's embarrassing and it's humiliating and I'm ashamed of of being involved. Um, And I had to prove to them that, look, I'm serious. And the only way we can figure it out is I have to prove that what you're saying is true. And people have to know that a real person was hurt here. I had to collect. Oh, I have hundreds of pages of documents. I have emails, text messages. I have lots of hundreds of documents from the city of Providence. Um, as well as the housing department, because now he's involved with Memorial Hospital and wants to turn that into a homeless shelter or veterans housing or something else he's proposing, a place for people to live and work. Don't quite understand what that's supposed to be, but he wants money to do that as well. Um, It really took time. And actually, a couple of times I told people, I don't think I can do this because they weren't ready to talk to me. People Mm. weren't ready to be on the record. I didn't have enough information. And um, so I let it go. I came back to it. It wasn't 15 months of this is the only thing I'm working on. It was 15 months of this is in my head. And every day I'm going to try to do a little something on it. And it wasn't until last fall that all of a sudden accelerated. People said, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to say something. And um, and then more lawsuits started to be filed. That was super helpful. Then Memorial Hospital happened. And I thought, oh, my God, the state of Rhode Island is involved now. We have to do something. Um, The hard part, too, was just writing it. Like, as you said, this is a very long story. It's forty seven hundred words. Most newspaper stories are a quarter that size. And so the concern was, yeah, I can do this. But if nobody reads it, who cares? Um, Fortunately, people have been reading it. We're able to analyze how long people stay with the story. They're reading the whole thing. And since it was published, it went online Friday. Um, it's it went. Uh, it was the front page of the Sunday paper. I've heard from so many more people with their own stories, and including some angles I didn't know were going on. So more to pursue there. But it's hard. I'm lucky. You know, the Globe wants to invest in investigative journalism. It's really hard at a smaller outlet. I don't know if I ever could have devoted the time to this. Yeah. Or it would have been your entire life and it would have been like some of these people who like make documentaries and, you know, just go into debt $200,000 and then hope for the best. I mean, that's really the only other place it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to do it. And, you know, I also the Globe has lawyers. This was lawyered because I'm accusing someone of basically being a con artist. Let's make sure we have everything right here. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, that's an expense. I had to pay for a lot of these documents. That was an expense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just my time alone, you know, being involved with this. But the Globe thought that this is really important. People need to know because. There have been other outlets. I think the Providence Journal did a little piece. The WPRI did a little piece just saying, you know, quoting Mike Mata saying, hey, I'm going to turn this around. But there was no context. Like it was just he says I can do this and it's all going to work and it's great. I was I was reading and watching this and thinking, oh, my God, they don't know. They don't know. And that means the public doesn't know. We have to do this. Yeah. Well, it's spectacular work. Amanda Milkovitz, the Boston Globe, and 
Look, again, it's not a commercial, but I would recommend subscribing and reading <laughs> yeah, this article. Please, please subscribe. And, you know, I'll be talking about this more on the podcast of Ed Fitzpatrick, the Rhode Island report that the Globe puts out. It'll be next Thursday. Um, and, you know, I might have some excerpts of some of my interviews with Mike, too. But I so appreciate being on your podcast, Bill, because it's so good to be able to talk about this. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. Thank you. CCA Health Rhode Island, Commonwealth Care Alliance, or CCA, is a multi-state integrated care system influencing innovative models of complex care nationwide. CCA Health's Uncommon Care model focuses on sustainable and evidence-based healthcare breakthroughs that improve the health and well-being of people with significant needs and is consistently recognized as one of the best models in the country at identifying and serving traditionally hard-to-reach individuals. CCA is excited to bring uncommon care to Rhode Islanders with a range of Medicare Advantage plans. Learn more by visiting CommonwealthCareAlliance.org backslash Rhode Island.